to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, how you going? How's it going? That was not even words. <laughs> I'm doing real well. How are you? Um, you know, a little tired, a little sore. Uh, softball started and it kind of hit like a brick wall, but excited to have a season in play. So if my body has to hurt every day for it, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Um, I mean, a tough thing for Yankee baseball this week, not much of them were televised. Lots of no coverage or just radio coverage. So not a whole lot. I don't know if you have a lot more content than I have. I don't have a whole lot of things to talk about because just couldn't see much, which is. Yeah, I don't really have much to talk about specifically, more like, you know, general things that. Yeah, I mean. I think if we want to just talk about that real quick, I think MLB blackouts are uh, the dumbest thing in the world, (laughs) especially, I mean, like blackouts are dumb, but blackouts weren't even the issue this last week. It was just that there was not television crews or radio crews at the fields. And that just blows my mind. How How do you, how is your whole plan to, try and spread and expand the game of baseball yet you make it sometimes difficult to see games i don't know frustrating very but uh let's head on in to yankee news let's start off with um probably the worst news um as we've already got some injury news Zach Britton had an MRI on Tuesday, I believe, and it showed that he needs surgery to remove an elbow, like a a bone chip in his elbow. Um, Gio Urshela had a similar surgery, but I think his was a little bit bigger because he was out a little bit longer. Steven Strasburg has also had the surgery, but um, the timeline is that he'll probably miss April. So he'll be back in May. Scotty, what was your reaction to seeing and reading and hearing this news? I mean, it sounds like the Yankees. And then another injury to add on is just a very, very Yankee thing we're used to hearing. Um, but I think that's a, that's a pretty big hit because we've talked so much about how uh, our pitching was kind of like the main focus of our offseason and getting that rotation set. And I feel like that kind of throws a wrench in it a bit. And Britt is so consistent and so important to our reliever set. Um, But I do think that there have been some names that maybe this will give an opportunity to, you know, Nick Nelson has thrown a few good innings. I can't think of his first name, but his last name's like Lutjage, Lucas Lutjage. I don't want to say it's pronounced Lutkage. Um, He's thrown two or three pretty solid innings. He's a left-handed pitcher. Um, You know, would I prefer to go with the classic guy I can trust, Zach Britton? Yes, 100%. But spring training has shown a few guys that I think could get us through some innings, you know, where we're just going to need him for probably about a month here if Britt's out for the month of April. But 
it's good to know that there are possible options, but it's still frustrating that we need them. Yeah, and I feel like Nelson's probably a, a big one on that list because he had appearances last year. He had like one or two, like not, not a ton, but mm-hmm. but he did, ha- he did have a little experience. And then his name has also been popping up a good amount during the spring training. And I feel like that this kind of, uh, you know, just increases his chances of, of his opportunities, uh, especially now with that, with that injury. He kinda, he's kind of now hopefully – uh, not too much pressure on him, but it's going to put him a bit on the spot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I do want to go back to, you know, this does just feel classic Yankee, but at the same time, it's nice to know that it's just a, like, he's only going to miss April. You know, this is yeah. a Tommy John situation yeah. where we, it's like a, a year long process, you know, at least Brit, he had the MRI and we got an answer and a timeline really quick. Clark Schmidt, we're still not sure that you're playing with an entire Yeah. You're not year. playing with a broken rib. <laughs> um, Clark Schmidt, we're still not sure what his timeline is going to look like. You know, they're saying just a few weeks, but you know, we didn't really get a, an actual problem from him. You know, Luke Voigt was down this whole week with, I think knee soreness, never got an MRI, you know, it just seemed like, shaking the rust off soreness but you know it's just little things like that that I think other teams and fans of other teams wouldn't draw attention to but we see it and we're like oh shit here we go again mm-hmm. yeah. um but hopefully we can stick to just you know some muscle sorenesses here or there you know it's it's impossible to request a season with zero injuries you know yeah. You, yeah. you can think all you want that other teams don't face injury issues. And, and I don't think any teams really face injuries as consistently as the Yankees have these past few years, but they are facing it. It's just being a Yankee fan, one, you're already looking at it so intensely, but the Yankees organization as a whole just has such a huge spotlight on it that anytime any of our stars go down, it's like, league-wide news so I mean yeah it's frustrating to hear from Brit but you know I'd rather it be this they found the issue they're fixing the issue he'll be back in a month than it be a Severino thing where they're like we don't know what the issue is we're just going to keep on trying to figure it out and then it's like two and a half years and he hasn't pitched a baseball yeah (laughs) Now, so what I've been seeing a lot, I mean, this is through all of our games, is we are hitting like the Yankees should be hitting. Yes. Now, I feel like that's bold to say because, again, it is spring training, but I feel like at the same time, the people who are hitting well are the people you expect to hit well, and those are the people playing the early innings against the real pitchers, Mm -hmm. and they're not going against the backup pitchers or the pitchers who are competing really for a spot. Yeah, Stanton and 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 Sanchez, they're both destroying the ball. And I'm going to guess we're going to get into that uh, in a little bit, but they're going and and they're playing. So they're playing against real pitchers who have the experience and they're not going against some seventh inning pitcher who who's playing single A ball. Yeah. Like I, I was seeing a spring training game. It was a Red Sox spring training game and the pitcher looked like he was like fresh out of college I was like oh (laughs) I agree uh Stanton said something earlier this week about how he is 
he knows, like not even that he thinks, he knows that he is a better hitter now than he was during his MVP season. And he thinks that he was a better hitter last year than he was for his MVP season. He's just hoping that he can stay on the field to prove it to everybody else. Everybody hopes that he can stay on the field. You know, because like his home runs are moon shots. Like they're not little. And I mean, I don't think he's ever really hit a home run that just sneaks over the fence. Like they're way gone normally. Yeah, I mean, he's just it's just pure strength and he's everything. just brute force. And and I, I agree. Like the I know we don't often talk about like the saber metrics and exit velocity all the time because the two of us are more um pure baseball fans of like just seeing what works out. Did you see Bryce? Someone asked Bryce Harper earlier this week <laughs> no, um, yeah. his thoughts on like sabermetrics and all of it and he goes i have a ged i don't know what any of it means and the reporter's like it's okay you dropped out after your sophomore year yeah. of high school we don't <laughs> expect you to I didn't see and like listen not that I, I didn't drop i'm obviously in college but we don't do math here so um none of that makes sense to me but um it is you do recognize when a ball is hit hard and you like, we know that that means good swings, good timing, good stuff. So it has been good to see that coming off of the starting pitchers. You know, they're not doing it. They're obviously normally not playing in inning six and they're not doing it in inning six, which is good. Um, let's jump in really quick. Um, I wanted to talk about Jordan Montgomery's start. He threw really well, his whole, his last, I believe he's only had two spring training appearances, but he has thrown really well in them. He went scoreless for three innings. And I know last year, and when we were talking about going into the season this year about our rotation, he was a question mark. Um, do you agree that we kind of kind of felt that way a little bit? Yeah, we really didn't talk much about him being in the in the lineup as much. We kind of threw him threw him away a bit, and I feel like you know he's he's really really proven us wrong now. <laughs> he's showing a lot more consistency and a lot more. I don't know, just, just a lot, a lot better. I, and last year, I mean, last year was easy to be down on the pitching rotation. You know, we had Garrett Cole, we had Tanaka, but then, you know, you had Jay Happ, you had Paxton. And then Montgomery was kind of like in this like middle ground of like, he wasn't Cole Tanaka, but he wasn't really like Jay Happ, but it was just easier to group him in with that group because yeah. last year he was kind of shaky a little bit inconsistent, but he's showing a lot more consistency this spring and I'm excited. Um, that game, we also had Johnny lasagna throw Loisaga through really, really well. Um, and I'm a big Loisaga fan. Um, you can hear it in like one of our first two episodes when it was just me talking to a wall. Um, <laughs> I was going over the, uh, possible rotation filler for Severino being out for the year. And I ended up picking Davey Garcia, which I still stand by and we'll talk about him <laughs> in a minute, but my strong second was Loisaga. And I really think that he can be super, super effective. His ball moves insane. His off speed, like his changeup was beautiful this day. Um, I think he's a really big piece. And I think that he also could play, 
you know, maybe, I don't know if Loisa is really fit to be a starter or like an opener in any sense, but I think that he could also fill in that Britain role for that month of April and then move him into being like an earlier reliever, like an inning six, seven reliever as opposed to eight. Yeah, I feel like last year we were kind of also quick to throw him in with that gang of of our rough relievers, but I feel like he is still not. He had a bit of a rough year. It wasn't an amazing year for him as well, but of course we had a lot of rough rough spots in our relieving specifically, but even uh, pitching as a whole. But I feel like he's kind of come out and and showing a lot more, a lot more hope, a lot more. 2019 him yeah um, which was which was uh positive and I mean that, that's always good to see I just remember the only I don't know why uh I remember going to one of the uh the minor league games that we went to and mm-hmm. I think I don't know if he was pitching or if he was just in the lineup I remember seeing his name <laughs> a little, little picture of, of him in the, in the in the in the scorebook a little Johnny lasagna <laughs> um that game also, I feel that I do have to recognize the occurrence of Brett Gardner hitting a grand slam. <laughs> I just, you know, if I'm going to shit on him and blah, 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 I do have to recognize that he did do something good. He can still run really fast. And I, I do feel bad yesterday. I turned the, um, the Yankee game on. So Wednesday night's 635 game or 605 game sorry I turned it on during my class so um I couldn't listen to it and I turned it on right when Brett Gardner was giving like his in-game interview and I do wish that I could hear it because he is a good person like I don't dislike him as a person I just have professional disagreements but it is nice to know that he can still you know hit the ball and run the bases it is it is good to see I guess (laughs) And I feel like the big thing with him, I feel like the best thing that he does is he's also a very, a very much, I feel, right field hitter. Yes. So he very much, he very much likes to take it to, to, to right. He picked the right team to spend 14 years with. Yeah, exactly. You saw also the Grand Slam also was to right field. I feel like that, that was very worthy. And I mean, we, we talked about it a bit with um, kind of that, that issue that we had. With, that were right-handed heavy. Yeah, they were right-handed heavy, and I feel like he kind of helped that out a bit to make it, make it more, more, more reasonable to have, to have that team. And, and at least he had the the favor of of being able to go to right consistently. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything else on the Montgomery start? I think that one was on Sunday. That was a while ago. No, I don't think I do. Um. Then next, I just wanted to talk about. I mentioned him earlier, Davey Garcia's line against the Tigers. I think that this kid deserves significantly more respect than I think fans are giving him and the program is giving him. He went for three innings with two hits, no runs, no walks, five Ks. You want to know what that sounds like? Not taking the, the ball out of his hand in a playoff game. It sounds like keeping him in and letting him win the game. This is still so stupid of a plan to do that opener. I really don't understand that. But, you know, it's behind us now. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's just – I don't know. I'm going to ask you to try and put yourself in Aaron Boone's shoes for me. 
What do you think is almost causing a little bit of hesitation of trusting Garcia? Do you think it's just his age? Do you think there's someone like there's a better option to be that other starter? I think that I think age has to do with it. I think that a hundred percent him being young, uh, is, is a little bit of it. And then I think, I think honestly, the playoff might've done a little bit to it. I don't know why it would, but you think his opener, his opener, that, performance? Yeah, that little opener, I think possibly could have done a little bit. I don't know, but I think that, that we talked about it. We want him in the lineup and, um, I feel like he's starting to secure his spot. I feel like, again, his age is an experience that kind of took him back a bit. I feel like now he's going out. He's doing extremely well. He did extremely well last year. He only had a he only had like what, one or two rough starts throughout yeah. the whole season. He had like five starts as well, like five to seven, I'd say, starts last year. Only like two of them were bad. And so I feel like he should. They should have a lot of confidence in him. They they are seeing a lot from him. I feel like they shouldn't be afraid to go and throw him into their normal rotation. But even if they aren't ready for that, you can still give him a start or two during the season until you gain that trust because he clearly has proved himself that he has the skill and he has the ability to go and pitch a good game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know. Again, I say this, and we are not managers in any sense and but I really think that he can be that what fifth starter there's like the the thought of floating in a sixth starter just because of like um trying to ease everybody back into it but I don't know I think I think that it I think that he deserves the a spot in the starting rotation I think that he has shown incredible maturity for his age you know he he has been in tough spots he's gotten them out of tough spots and I think that he deserves a little bit more credit so give the man more credit the Tigers game was not broadcasted obviously which is annoying um but so I don't have much else to say on that one I don't know if you have anything else to say about the Tigers game we had some days off this week that um have made like these games like kind of all blend yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> like we would have days off and then days that you couldn't see the game. And then, so they all kind of, kind of come together. So yeah, we don't have much else to say on the Tigers game because it wasn't broadcasted. So let's head on over to the Domingo Herman start against the pirates. I will say this every time this man throws, I don't want him. I don't care how good he is, and he did throw well against the Pirates. It's just too much drama, and we don't need that tension in the clubhouse. Yeah, because it was, like, the biggest thing is going to be, because it was spoken of that there is tension. Exactly. The tension was recognized and brought up, which makes it uncomfortable. Yeah, we're not we're not out here saying, "Hey, there's probably tension." We we know we know that there's that there's tension. Yeah. So, um Herman's line um was 3 innings pitched with one hit, zero runs, zero walks, 3 Ks and 31 pitches. Not to flex, but Davey Garcia had 5 Ks. 
<laughs> in three innings. So take that. But um, I wanted to talk about the other pitchers that had showings that day. Araldis Chapman and Darren O'Day both pitched. I don't think we have had a broadcasted game with Darren O'Day pitching yet. I may be wrong. I don't think so. But I haven't missed many broadcasts. Um, some of them are simply when I'm either, you know, in school or at practice. So I can't say that I've definitely seen all of them. But um, they both had good, quick, efficient innings. Chapman had two strikeouts, and O'Day had a one, two, three inning along with a strikeout. I mean, you were just talking about it earlier. Um, we used to have a little bit of hesitation with our bullpen. These two are great. And wait, now that I think about it, now that I think about it, I forgot that we had acquired Darren O'Day. And he, I think he can help with the Zach Britton situation too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's going to be, that's going to be a good addition there. And we got that guy from the Mets. What the fuck is his name? Sorry. Reliever Justin Wilson. I don't know much about him, but I think, I don't I know think... If I'm just going to say, I don't know how much I trust any reliever from the Mets, but <laughs> good point. Good point. I think, I think um, because we haven't seen like the official who's on the 40 man and like what to make of it, I automatically think of like all of the young guys and like the uncertainty that we had yeah, all last the, all year, the young, all the new people, all of that. Like, I, I think it's a big, everything's a big question. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. We have some things that can work. We got some working things, maybe. Um, I also wanted to recognize on the tone of relievers, Chad Green. Did you see his inning? Yes. His ball was like moving everywhere. It was, oh, I forgot how much I love watching Chad Green pitch. <laughs> he, again, goes right back to our whole issue that we had last year. We just... We didn't have the, the bullpen that we, I feel like, even though like 80% of these guys are the same people from last year, they're just like new people as a whole, I feel, for some reason. They all yeah, look completely different, Ryan. I think the, like the, the few additions that we did make will just be able to, because it seems like with the, with the building of the gas station, the pitchers are able, and I don't know how much they did or didn't do this last year, but they seem to be very much collaborating and working together to make each other like the best that they can be. And I'm sure that they ha that happened last time, but I think that this new like focus and situation built for them to, you know, get information from everybody, you know, last year, I felt like everybody probably just like asked Garrett Cole a whole lot of questions. Yeah. You know, now they have Garrett Cole they can ask, but they also have Corey Kluber, who has a Cy Young and a lot of, like, big flexes underneath him. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, that that helps. And I don't know. I just think that the, the experience coming in and also just remembering how good our top relievers were is really important. Like, Ch Chad Green is so good. So good. I, think, I was, I, I was like, I was sitting in class and I like totally zoned out of my class. I was just like, <laughs> I don't understand how that ball is doing that. I don't get it. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot that that, that changed this year that it, that helped the pitchers a lot. I mean, we we've talked about it a ton about how COVID really did affect all of this, and pitchers are hit just as hard. I mean, as you as you see, they they didn't have this they didn't have as much of a spring training, if any spring training, to go and and do anything and, and produce themselves anything like that we were so limited on what they could do before the season where they could go I mean especially at that point where that was that was like full lockdown time where it wasn't even like hey you can go and find this place and go with like three people that yeah. was the point where everything was new we were like hey you can't do anything you gotta you gotta sit home and- yeah spring training last year was um when Joe Kelly literally threw the ball through his house because yeah. he you had to like, I mean, listen, him throwing it through the house is a different issue. I mean, that, that, yeah, I mean, that's, but, that's... but the situation was that he had to, he had to practice in his backyard. You know, yeah. Garrett Cole was throwing with his wife, you yeah. know, and, and Amy Cole is a wonderful athlete and I love her. She is my queen. I feel like anybody who was willing to go and catch Garrett Cole has a ton of respect. <laughs> exactly. But ideally that's not how he should be preparing for the no. season, you know? <laughs> And, and I do think I agree. You know, I think that a pitcher like Garrett Cole can probably bounce back from a weird season like that a little bit better than a younger guy, you know, a guy like Loisaga or anybody like that. Um, I think that's a good point to make is that this actual spring training, you know, although it is a little bit different with like the two different locations, it's actually, you know, they're able to prepare and yeah. such for uh, this season should make them a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more ready for the season. Yeah. yeah and exactly kind of go off of what you said about how, uh, you know, like the younger pitchers really were affected or like how they need everything. Like these young pitchers who are just getting into everything, they still need the trainers to go and help them through everything. They still need, they're still fine tuning everything. Somebody like Garrett Cole, who has had clear success in plenty of years He's going to have his own routine down. He's going to have his workouts down, everything like that. And he's not going to be relying on the team as much as Loisga, Devi. Devi, I can't imagine how, how he was preparing. Yeah. That was, that was so much because from minors up, you just, you didn't even have it. You didn't, you didn't even have, have anything you're going for. And then they're like, Hey, we're just going to bring you up. And you're like, uh, you're like I've been sitting on my couch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I can't, I, I can't imagine how how that was for like the younger people who really kind of rely on the team staff. And I mean, you see that a lot. That happens a lot with teams as a whole. They go and they will look at the the staff of the person, and they'll be like, if they want to take them or not, because they're like, hey, um, you know, out of like high school, be like, hey, we have the staff that can help you. We'll take you now. And, you're, and the staff will help you. Or if you're like, hey, your staff that you're at the college you're in, whatever, like Vanderbilt, your staff is helpful right now. We're not as in, intrigued of, of get going, getting you and kind of kicking you back into shape using our trainers because your own are doing the same thing. It's something like that, I think. I forget where I saw that, though. But <laughs> I completely, I don't know where I saw that, but I saw something about that. And like, that's that, that whole thing is like, Hey, our trainers can help you get into shape. And then you're mm-hmm. like, all right, sounds great. Actually, you can't see your trainers <laughs> wearing a pandemic. I do want to read this tweet from talking Yanks that just goes over our, um, 
possible opening day like rotation um, and how they've been doing in spring training, just because I think that it is good to touch on to see how well they're doing. So they threw together all of the stats of Garrett Cole, Davey Garcia, Domingo Herman, Corey Kluber, Jordan Montgomery, and Jamison Tyone. And this spring, they have had 21 total innings pitched, four earned runs, 15 hits, 27 strikeouts, four walks, and a 171 ERA. That is very nice. Very nice. <laughs> that is very nice to see. And I think that that, like, you, you see them getting a full spring training versus what they had last year, how that really seems to come together. And the the experience of Corey Kluber and Tyone, as much as people are kind of a little hesitant because of them only collectively throwing one inning last year, as in Corey Kluber threw one inning last year. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, it's nice to finally be like a little bit excited for the Yankee rotation as opposed to, Oh my God. We have a great, we need to score so many runs. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait for our first two days. And, I get <laughs> and then we'll have to wait another week. <laughs> um, on the offensive side, we've got a few things to talk about. So we touched on it a little bit last night, Wednesday night, John Carlos Stanton hit a monster three run home run followed up by little Glay Bay hitting one right after how much is their offense right now reminding you of like their peak performances? This is the offense that you talk about with the Yankees. This has kind of been the offense that people have thought about outside of the Yankees. This is kind of the offense that you see. You you imagine this and, you, and this is kind of like the threat that you see of them is just them destroying balls. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're seeing from the team. And it's great to see that we're back to that from all around our lineup. I agree. You know, I, and as much as I have been frustrated with John Carlos Stanton, I have always known that he could do it, you know, and to finally he like proved it see la- he him. proved it last year during the playoffs. Exactly. And to see him follow that through to spring training, you know, it makes you realize, you know, I didn't think that that was a fluke, but for anybody that was maybe like second guessing it and being like, Oh, where did that come from? You know, you can kind of realize that, no, this is just him playing baseball the way that he's supposed to play baseball, the way we're paying him to play baseball, you know? And I really hope that that stays through because you're right. You know, when I think of the Yankees, you know, the Bronx Bombers, they should be crushing baseballs. And we're really starting to look like that. Hmm? The, like the baby Bombers name that we had like two years ago. Yeah. Ago, whatever. That same idea coming up, coming back up, and we're seeing it now with the same players as well. And Glaber, I mean, I am pushing for Glaber. He's not going to be comeback player of the year. I think that already goes to Trey Mancini simply because of everything. Um, But if I had to push for our Yankees comeback player of the year, ooh, wait. Ooh, this is tough. Yeah, right now, right now, right now, it's him. It's him, but Gary Sanchez is making a strong offensive push. And I am not embarrassed to say it. Seth, you also could. Seth, oh, oh my God. So we've got three contenders, all right? Let's let's go through them. So we've got 
Sevi's a comeback player of the year. Sevi's in his own. We need Sevi to get on the mound first. Let's slow down. So we've got Glaber Torres, right? Uh, 2020, rough defensive year, maybe even a rougher offensive year coming off of a super high, hot 2019, right? He gets told in 2019, right? They're like, Glaber Torres is the Yankee shortstop. Then uh, after the 2020 season, it gets a little dicey, you know. Um, something comes out with Cashman where he was saying that, you know, Glaber wasn't really in shape this year. You know, we might not push forward with him at shortstop. You know, you get a little bit like, oh, God, oh gosh, there's a little trouble in paradise over there in pinstripes. Glaber comes back this year in spring training in shape, making plays that he would make in 2019, plays that he probably wouldn't make in 2020, but he's making them now, hitting the ball offensive prowess hitting the ball hard to all fields i know it's only spring training i know we're getting ahead of ourselves but it's a good thing to look at it's a good thing to see on the other hand the guy that we love to hate hate to say that it is a little fun to hate him (laughs) gary sanchez he was easy to hate through our first year that is true that is true this podcast in 2020 when the bulk of this show, you know, started and had to go, he was an easy punching bag because hitting 147, how do you come up with a compliment for that? However, going, going from 2019 and going and being the number one catcher to going in a three-man rotation, that's that just shows you how it went. Exactly, exactly. However, so he was the lowest of the low below the surface of the earth last year was, was not comfortable in the box, could not figure out what was wrong, was not comfortable behind the plate either. You know, our ace just throws better to our backup catcher. It's just, it is what it is. Comes to spring training in 2021, already has three home runs and like home runs. Yeah, that's a, not just home runs. Home runs. Um, I don't want to hate Gary. I don't. It was just too easy last year. And it was, we were, you were living in a fantasy. If you really thought that last year, he was our best option. I really think you were this year. He's putting up a solid, solid argument. His swing is more compact. He's quick to the ball and he's not like super, super late. Last year, he just seemed late on everything. This year, he seems to remember how to hit a baseball. So, I don't want to... Oh, and then on our, our third hand that Scotty brought up, Severino. Do you want to bring us through the Severino nightmare? I feel like Severino is like... Well, we're talking about comeback player of the year. We're talking about statistically or like how they play. This is a whole different level. He's of actually coming back. Yeah, this is a whole different kind of comeback. This is a this was a this is a top pitcher, twenty nineteen. Everybody loved. He was doing so well, and then it struck and just took him out, wiped him out for the year, and that hurt the team. That hurt the lineup. That hurt the rotation. And I mean. We're hearing so many good things about him now. Off the, uh, coming coming back, we hear him all all about that. Twenty nineteen, he was he was he was a part of the big lineup we had then, uh, and then 
2020 hit and 2020 hit hard and we saw it hit our entire lineup and we already hear him coming back. We hear we hear everything he's doing, already throwing, already throwing off a mound. And although already throwing off the mound is still very far away from actually pitching in a game. It's we haven't seen him do literally any baseball activity <laughs> in yeah. over a year. It's, it's great to see, but that's still very far away. And if he comes back three quarters of the person that he was when he, when he, when he left, I think that he will help us a lot in our lineup, especially compared to last year, because there was only so far that we could have went last year with our lineup. But yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing good things from him, seeing good movement, like good, good improvements from, from, from how he just was simply out of everything last year. Um, and I love I love to hear that he's pitching off a mound, but that still is so so far away from actually pitching in a game because that's mound doesn't doesn't mean he's throwing one hundred percent yet. If he throws one hundred percent, he's throwing one hundred percent fastballs. Then it's pitch to pitch to pitch, and those are each going to be like probably like two to three week processes each, and then you finally get into actually going and facing off a batter. Probably not gonna probably gonna be doing that for a week against just just nobody, just like a stand-in batter, like something like that. Like there's so much farther that he has to go for this, but it's great to hear that he is making these steps and it is happening pretty rapidly. So we've got our our three options for Yankee comeback player of the year. Three people to keep an eye on in this 2021 season. I'm excited to see where they all go. Um, I've got one other topic that I think we need to touch on. I don't know if you've got anything else, but um, I feel like I need to circle back to something I said last week. Last week, I said that I hadn't thought about Jay Bruce at all. This week, my mind has been changed. (laughs) Jay Bruce has hit, I believe, two, possibly three spring training home runs. I have to respect it. I got to respect it. You go and you do this. You're like, yeah, solid. Back up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the biggest thing is like, it's at that point. And no matter how well you do, you're not making top spot because pretty sure he's first and third. You're going behind Voight who has secured a spot. No, he plays outfield too. He plays first and outfield. Oh, but the thing is, right, we're back at the same outfield debate that we have had over and over and over again. All right, so our starting outfield is Clint Frazier in left, Aaron Hicks in center, Aaron Judge in right. We also have Mike Talkman. We also still have Miguel Andujar. We also still have Brett Gardner. We also now have Jay Bruce. We also have Derek Dietrich who can go out there. I think they're planning on him being more in the infield, but it's just so many bodies. Yeah, yeah, we have. We have so many, too many. I feel like that's going to be his 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 duty as on the team. I feel like will probably be a backup first baseman for Voight. I think a big thing that will help him, and I think a big a big reason that they're not afraid to bring him on is because Voight had the foot issues last year, mm-hmm. and so if anything happens with the foot, if anything further happens, they know that they do still have a valid backup. 
And yeah, we've seen him outplay Mike Ford. Yeah. And so Jay Bruce easily deserves that backup spot this year. And I think that they'll probably, they should keep him on um, for, for the help uh, of Voight because although I, I can't see him getting much playing time during the regular season or like during like a, a regular play, he will get, if anything happens to Voight, he will easily, uh, I don't think they'll be afraid of Hoppe uh, putting him in there and, and hoping not a, and, and not seeing a huge, a huge kind of like a fallback from not having Voight in. So you're dropping Mike Ford. I think that Jay Bruce has proved that he is better than Mike Ford. And I think that they'll pick him over Ford. I do agree. All right. So then, so then here we are in the infield. Um, We've got going around the horn. We've got Gio, Glaber, DJ, Luke Voigt. Behind Luke Voigt, you put Bruce. Behind DJ, you put Dietrich. Behind Wade, you put, or behind Glaber, you put Wade. Geo is that is Dietrich able to cover both of those? So I you think, only need two, I think three backup time, infielders. I think or are be. we dropping Tyler Wade? I think for the for that reason is I, I feel like you can't have Dietrich be in there to go second, short, and third. I feel like you could put put him possibly valid as a second and uh, and short, and then Jay Bruce is third and first. But I feel like, I feel like as we said this before, Wade's duty in the lineup is not really as a backup, but kind of as that that late man in. He's got good hands though on the infield. He's got the chance if he needs to. I think that they, they might. Ah, it's getting tough. <laughs> I know. I know. The thing is, I think Jay Bruce makes a good play. If we don't have Andujar, and I don't think he's going to make the major league roster, but I think the constant thought of maybe bringing him up is just too much. Their 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 desire to go and have him play is a bit too much. They're like, hey, you know, we're gonna try to get him to the outfield because we want his bat. Okay, yeah, but you also have five other outfielders on the bench that could also do just as well exactly better they could do better mike talkman can play the outfield better than miguel yeah. and duhar yeah brett also. gardner can play the outfield better than miguel and duhar and the man's going blind because he's old sorry that was a low blow low blow low blow <laughs> it's just i i agree i think that Derek dietrich and jay bruce both deserve Opening day, forty man Ross, forty man lineup spots. You know, and and I do think that it does help them both too, that both of them can play an infield position. And if we absolutely need them, you know, Jay Bruce has made plays in the outfield. I haven't seen Dietrich play the outfield much, but could you imagine? Could picture this? Not that I ever want it to happen. Our outfield is Stanton, Dietrich, Judge. Ah. Um. Now, how well will they move out there? N- not great. They'll cover a lot of ground. Um, <laughs> maybe not quickly, but they'll cover a lot of ground. But they'll hit the ball very far. <laughs> but I did. I did just want to say I do. I do put a little bit more respect on Jay Bruce's name, and I think that he can. 
make the team. And I think Dietrich can make the team. And I will go to my grave saying that Tyler Wade should make the team because people can hate him for not being this super huge, you know, power hitter guy. But one, he can steal bases. Two, he can score from first base. And three, he is good on the infield. Like, I think last year when Glaber was having his defensive issues, I think throwing Tyler Wade in for a game or two just to let Glaber reset his head might have helped. And I know that we needed him more because DJ was out with his thumb, but um, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to die on him yet. And I think that it's more important. I know that we have sometimes a dicier outfield, but I think that we have the depth in the outfield that we need to deepen up our infield too. So that's my final argument. I don't know if that made sense, but keep Bruce, keep Dietrich, keep Wade, get rid of Andujar. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know that that's like everybody, like every Yankee fan that I know is like, Enduar is so great. And I'm like, he is good, but like teach him how to catch a ball. Uh, No, not even catch a ball. Teach him how to throw a ball, please. And then we can talk. But do you have uh, anything, anything else? Not Yankee related. Okay. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Just one little thing that happened. Uh, Ichiro went and uh he went and got got some reps uh with uh the mariners during like a simulation game uh he's he's a little coach over there for them and so he just kind of hopped in at 47 years old he's amazing you can't get can't get too much of him he is he is my favorite person to ever guest star on the yankees (laughs) and like he was there for a while but like i never like i was conscious and paying attention to the Yankees when he was a Yankee and I don't think of him as a Yankee I don't think yeah. anybody really thinks of him as a Yankee but he's just such a great guy not like him it, exactly he's one of those guys it's impossible to not like him and I'm glad that he's still involved in the game and especially with the Mariners like that's great <laughs> the Mariners really do like do they win much no did they have both Ichiro and Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. And I don't know how they finessed that. <laughs> like, what is you your know what? If, if they do it for long enough, there might be a, a, you know, a good shot and they can start doing things. I don't have much else to say today. Do you? I do not. Um, Yankees play today. It's Thursday. They play at 105. Um, these 105 games are really killing me. Like, I got... Things that I gotta do. do. (laughs) Like I am a a student. Um, they play Friday against the Tigers at 105 at public field at Joker Marchant Stadium. I hate I freaking hate the spring training fields. (laughs) They're such (laughs) stupid names. Um, but yeah, hopefully got a, a full week of good Yankee baseball. We are one week closer to opening day. So um, if you want to keep up with Yankee news, daily scorecards and lineup cards, you can follow us on Instagram at pinstripe.podcast. And if you could like, share, follow, interact with the show, however you can on whatever platform 
you're listening to us on rate us if it's apple podcast um that would be great it makes us feel really nice and warm and fuzzy and this has been the pinch podcast bye